Hilton, we love you. I want you to come and take your liberty tonight. Preach what you feel on your heart. Praise God. Preach to me tonight. Praise the Lord, church. Get this mask out of the way. Amen. You can be seated for a moment. Amen. Thankful to be in the house of the Lord tonight. Amen. I feel his presence in this place in such a special way. Amen. I'm just glad I came to church. How many of you have a need in this place tonight? Could you just show me by the lifting up of your hand, you have a need? You have something specific that you need the Lord to, uh, to deal with. Amen. I, I believe God can do it. Amen. That's such an easy thing for me to say because I didn't lift my hand, but I do have a need for the Lord in my life. Um, and um, I'm trusting in him believing that he's able to meet my need. Amen. I'm going to be praying about it. I mean, we heard this morning that that's um, important. It's part of the armor. Amen. But I've come tonight, amen, with a, uh, with a word of the Lord. I, I really do believe the Lord gave this word to me on Tuesday morning. We were praying here at the church, and um, God just dropped something in my heart. And uh, I want to share that with you tonight. I've asked the musicians to stay up here just for a moment because I want to sing a song but by, um, by way of introduction. But I, before I get there, I, I want to, there's something going on in this service tonight. And I'm, I, I'm one that ger- generally just does not beat around the bushes. That's really more of a con than it is a pro. It, uh, everybody just thinks you're dumb and stupid. And I probably am, you know, just because I don't think on those strategic levels I'm just what I see is what I get and what you see is what you get so but I believe the Lord has something in store for this service tonight and the devil's doing everything that he can to prevent that Uh, he's putting things in your mind he's putting things in your heart questions distractions even just things that that occur and uh, you know why I know because it was happening to me too I I've got the same experience, and um, and I, you know, distractions and things that that um, were vying for my attention during the middle of worship service. Amen. But brother Goff, I appreciate you being sensitive to the Holy Ghost because the songs that you sang, we could have just gone right on because it was exactly along the lines of where I feel like God has given me direction tonight, and I'm not patting myself on the back here. Okay, I hope you understand that I'm not doing that at all. I, I'm trying to. I'm trying to reassure you that I feel like the Lord has given some direction for this service. And then I want your assurance that you're going to help me pursue that tonight. That we're interested in doing what God wants us to do. Whatever that is. Wherever he wants to take us. Hallelujah. Amen. Let me tell you something. Um, before before we get too far. Amen. I, I don't want to get ahead of myself. But pastor started dealing, touching on it while he was exhorting after worship service that tonight that um, that the Lord has brought us, done so many things for each of us. Each of us have our own testimony. I mean, if we were to just sit down and think about what the Lord has done for us, each of us are a miracle. Amen. He made a way for us. I mean, just like he did for the Israelites in the Red Sea. I mean, he carved a path right through the water, Sister Janessa. I mean, he's done that for you. Amen. 
Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost here tonight. Can we just reach out to the Lord, just ask Him to have His way? We're trusting in you, Lord. We know that you're able, God. I believe that you have something in store for this people tonight. God, I'm asking that you would help me to get out of the way and let your will be accomplished before we leave this place tonight. Hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, church, that's it. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Jesus. Come on, that's it. Hallelujah. Let's reach out to him tonight. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. I believe in that God has got something in store for us. And, um, amen, what's going, what's going to determine whether or not we get what we need from God is whether or not we step out in faith and believe God for what we need. Okay, if you, if you have a need and you've been praying, you've been asking God, to meet the need, whatever it is, no matter how big, no matter how small, what God's waiting on is your step of faith. I'm not just saying words here. I really feel what I'm saying. I, I feel like the Holy Ghost is speaking right now, that, that God is waiting on you to make a move, waiting on you to, to step out of your comfort zone. I mean, it's not comfortable for Jared to just come over here. It, it, maybe some people might be distracted and think that, 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 that I, I think I can just play so well. I can just sing. I don't think that in the least. And if you think that about me, then you don't know me well enough. But I want to tell you something. I'm stepping outside of my comfort zone to lead somebody in this place to step outside of your comfort zone. To get to a place where, where you're moving on faith, not based on reason, not because uh, there's X plus Y equals Z, not because 2 plus 2 equals 4, but because I just feel like God's drawing me to a place in the Spirit. Is that all right, Pastor? Is that all right, church? Can we reach that place in the Holy Ghost? Come on, can we go to another place tonight? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Why don't you worship with us tonight as we sing tonight?
Jesus. Oh, come on, think about it. Hallelujah, think about it. Hallelujah. What did he do for you? Come on, where did he bring you from? Come on, what mountains did he have to move in your situation? Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. I'm thankful for the confirmation of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The Spirit of the Lord in this house. Thank you for your worship and response. Amen. To the Spirit of the Lord in this place tonight. If you have your Bibles, let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Turn it to verse 4 through 7. to admit right up front pastor that I have not listened to the last two of your podcasts regarding spiritual gifts <clears throat> so if I say anything the pastor said I'm not picking up off of him and just re-preaching his message amen but I don't think I will I, he's a lot smarter than me and, and he gets a lot better than I do amen in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verses 4 through seven. Scripture reads that now there are diversities of gifts, <clears throat> but the same spirit, and there are differences of administration, but it is the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. It's the same God. Everybody say it's the same God. He works all in all. It's God that's doing the work. Amen. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. Amen. If you lay down your Bibles tonight, I want to ask you to pray for me and pray for you. Amen. To unify us in one mind and one accord. I want to talk to us tonight on this subject, a profitable investment. God, we need your grace we need your anointing, Jesus. We need you to, Lord, break every yoke, God, every distraction. Unify us, God, as a body of Christ, I pray. Hallelujah, Jesus. We need your anointing, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Minister of God, we need that in this place tonight. Hallelujah. Amen. You can be seated tonight. Amen. A profitable investment. The last two words of our text was profit with all. And that is the purpose. I mean, according to Apostle Paul, who's writing to the Corinthian church, that, that the manifestation of the Spirit is given to the church. Amen. The manifestation of the Spirit of God. Amen. To profit those that are a part of the church. Amen. When the Lord set up, when Jesus said, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He instituted, amen, an eternal uh, structure, something that would last, something that would stand the test of time, amen. And even today, amen, in these uncertain times and distracting times, uh, amen, the church is the place that God has placed his investment. 
God has made an investment, amen, in the people that are in this place tonight. And I'm not talking about, I mean, just the general uh, idea of the church, although it does apply to that, but also, amen, to this local assembly, amen, that God has made an investment into this place uh, and into this people. Amen. That's why, Pastor, that God made a way. That's why, amen, that God was willing to expend so much effort and so much, so many resources, Brother Kaiser, amen, on saving your soul. Amen, Sister Brooklyn, that's the reason why God reached all the way over there, amen, into Missouri and pulled you over here because He wants you, He's wanting to make an investment in you. Amen. God is interested in investing in this thing we call the church. Hallelujah. And I want to tell somebody tonight, amen, that this is not, uh, amen, a poor investment. This is not something, uh, amen, that just was uh, uh, somewhat of a, uh, uh, just a response and and a response. But this was well planned, uh, well thought out, well calculated. This was a plan uh, of investment uh, that's been on the books, uh, amen, for centuries uh, and millennia. Amen. This was a plan of investment from the very beginning of the foundations of this world that God, amen, formed the world. Amen. With this, this church in mind, He formed the world with you in mind. Hallelujah. And I want to tell you something that it's a profitable investment. That's why He was willing to go to so, such great lengths to reach down and save this old poor, miserable wretch, amen, named Jared. Amen. But I'm so thankful, amen, that it was Him that made the investment. Amen. Is anybody going to help me tonight? Hallelujah. Aren't you glad you're a part of the church? Amen. By myself, I don't think I'm worth very much. But you put me alongside Dad. You put me alongside Brother Nelson, Sister Nelson, and Pastor, and Brother Goffin, and everybody else that's in this room. And and my value seems to increase more and more. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's not just waiting on you to perform some kind of miracle, to do something that's out of this world. Amen. He's going to do that kind of work. All he's looking for is a vessel to make an investment into. Hallelujah. All he's looking for, amen, is a place, Brother Jerome, where he can, amen, put his goods, amen, and look for some kind of return. Hallelujah. He's interested in seeing, amen, some produce, amen, from this planting. He's interested in seeing some kind of result. Hallelujah. Talking about a profitable investment. I'm talking about what the Lord has in mind for this church and these people. Hallelujah. Amen. Profit with all in this passage is a single word. And I'm not smart enough to know whether it was a compound word. Or just a word, or 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 it could be a number, and I don't even really know. I just went to blueletterbible.com, and this is what they told me. They told me, so if I'm wrong, you can blame them, because I'm just reading directly from them. Praise the Lord, Amen. But uh, the term, that phrase. Profit with all. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. Means to bear or to bring together. 
To profit with all means to bear or bring together. Or to bear together, Brother Johnson, or at the same time, to bear at the same time. So the Bible is telling us, if I got this right, and Pastor, you can straighten it out if you need to. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to bear us at the same time. How many have a need? I've already gone through this. I mean, I want to tell you something tonight. That the manifestation of the Spirit is given to this church to bear every one of our needs. Every one of them at the same time. Manifestation of the Spirit, I feel it right now, is in this place. Amen. To bear your needs. But let me tell you something. He's not at capacity with your needs, but he can take on Brother Nelson's. He can take on this brother's. He can take on Brother Jerome's. He can take on all of mine. And I'm telling you, I've got a bunch. Hallelujah. To profit with all. I mean, this is not just a profitable investment for God. This is a profitable investment for his people. If we are willing to open ourselves up and allow him to pour himself into us, I'm telling you something, that he'll bear every one of our needs. Hallelujah, Jesus. Why don't we thank him for that tonight? Can we? Hallelujah. Come on, be thankful that his spirit has been given. Amen. To this New Testament church. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Amen. We preach, amen, correctly that faith without works is dead. We preach, amen, that you haven't really fully obeyed the plan of salvation until you practice what you say you believe. I mean, there's a lot of people that are willing to confess with their mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in their heart, but they're not willing to obey what the Bible says. Not willing to make that final step. They're willing to say it. I, yeah, I'm a Christian. I, I'm, I am. I believe in Jesus, that he came and he died and he saved me. And I've, I'm grateful that you do believe that. That's very important. But it means nothing. Unless you act on what you believe. It's not enough to just say it. It is not enough to just con- concede the point in your mind. But it is, it is, if you believe it, Brother Kaiser, I mean, it's going to draw something out of you. Because Jesus said, he that believeth on me. He that believes on me. As the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow. Rivers of living water. What does he mean by that? He's telling us that there's something that's going to happen if they believe on me as the scripture has said. There's a real transaction that takes place. Amen. When I make that investment and I pour out my spirit on this person, there's going to be a free flow. Amen. And it's such an ordeal that people around can bear witness of this deal that's happening hallelujah I want to tell some 
Amen. Maybe a visitor or a friend that's just come in. Amen. It's not necessarily close, uh, hasn't been a part of this church. There's some folks here that, that I recognize. I, I may have forgotten your name, but I, I believe that you've been here before. Amen. I'm telling you that tonight is an opportunity, amen, for you to open yourself up to God and allow him to pour himself into you one more time. To allow you, amen, to open. And this is completely up to you. Allowing God, amen, to invest in you is completely up to you. He's not going to force it on you. He's not going to mandate it. Amen, if you're okay with just confessing with your mouth and that's it, then that's, God's going to, he's not going to force you to do anything. Amen, but I'm here to tell you tonight and to appeal to you that if you truly do believe what you say you believe, amen, you're going to do something about that. You're not going to be satisfied going home, amen, doing the same things that you've always done, amen, talking to the same people you've always talked to, going to the same places you've always gone to. Amen. It's going to require, amen, something different in your life. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, that's what an investment from God will do. It will profit us. It will change us. It will produce something in us. We're not going to just lay dormant, but there is going to be some kind of transaction. There's going to be some kind of change in us. If God invests, if God makes the investment, Brother Jerome, amen, God is going to ensure, amen, that there is some kind, of, amen, of, of product, uh, profitability, amen, associated with that investment. Amen. James chapter 2, verse 20, we've already quoted this, but we'll read it for, amen, the sake of emphasis. But wilt thou know, O man, that faith without works is dead? not Jared's idea, that was Apostle James. He's the one that wrote that under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. said, faith without works is... I'm telling you, child of God, that it's not enough just to confess. It's not enough just to admit that I'm wrong. You've got to go and change it. You've got to do something about what you're doing. You've got to allow the Holy Ghost to, to change you. And church family, I want to tell you the same principle applies to us. I believe God can heal me. I believe God has the power. And I do. I believe that He can meet every financial need. I believe that there's nothing too hard for God to solve. There's not a lost person out there too far gone. I believe that. But what do I do about that? What am I doing about it? Am I, is it sufficient for me to just say I believe it? Is it enough, Brothers Johnson, to just say, I, you know, I believe God can heal. I believe God can, can reach down in these situations and perform a miracle right here and right now. But what do I do about it? Is there any action, amen, associated? Because what the Bible says is faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I'm telling you, I want somebody to hear me tonight. That I don't care what situation, I don't care how sick, I don't care how deep in debt, I don't care what, and, and these are just physical situations, but even spiritual situations. I don't care how lost, I don't care how bound, I don't care what the problem. 
This preacher has come tonight to do something about what I believe. God impressed on me, and I'm not anything special, but God impressed on me that I'm just waiting on somebody to ask me. I'm just waiting on somebody to come out of their pew and just make a, an investment back in me to show me that, there's, that they believe. Just waiting. Just waiting. Just waiting on you. Just waiting on you. Just waiting on you. Amen. To make a change. To make the difference. Amen. To show his investment worthwhile. Hallelujah. I want to tell you tonight, amen, that God, that there are needs in this place. I know a very important needs, amen, life-threatening needs, amen, that may, that are in this place and out of this place, amen, that I believe God can do, but what am I doing about it? Am I praying about it? Am I coming to an altar about it? Amen. Or if I'm just satisfied with just popping another pill or just going through another motion? somebody. I want to reach you tonight. I want to reach me tonight. I want somebody to hear me tonight. Hallelujah. I don't care. Amen. How big the problem. Amen. You remember. Amen. The night that he made the way. I want you to know he can make a way again and again and again. There's no one too far, Brother Jaheim. No one. No one. No one too far. But God can't just carve out the path. This is where you need to be. Well, what am I doing about that? I, I said it. I said it very clearly. I don't believe anybody's too far. But if they know that I'm praying about them, have I reached out to them? Am I helping them? Am I letting them know? I think Pastor touched on a little bit this morning. I mean, even people in church. I've seen, I've seen how just time can put wedges in between people. Nothing, no hard feelings, nothing other than time. And then you come in and you see, and you're like, now what happened? We were the best of friends. We had all these, we, we were on the same level. We had, there was no, nothing. It was just me and them, we were in lockstep what's the difference just time just situation just just time amen but the devil take that and and that that feeling that awkwardness and then produce something out of it and lie to you and tell you that there's something there that's not really there hallelujah i want to tell you somebody man the holy ghost manifests himself in services like these so that way he could bear our burdens he has come, amen, to these services, this service, to bear your burdens. To bear all of us at the same time. <laughs> Having known that, Brother Nelson, how can I stay in my pew? When I know that His Spirit is here to take on my need. Take on, to carry. Sometimes it gets heavy. Sometimes... It gets heavy. Time, again, comes in and takes. Oh wait, how many of you have held your arm up or have been helping somebody pray? This is sort of a, a practical example of helping somebody pray. You just hold your hand up there. And they've been praying for 15 minutes, 20 minutes, and it starts drifting to 30 minutes. 
So you got to switch arms and you have to lift up the, the other arm. You got to do that. Why? It's not because our arm got any heavier. It's not because your arm got any. It was just time. You're just getting tired. I wonder how much of this is just time. I wonder how much of this is just, just, just time. Just the devil tweaking things in our minds and saying, well, you know, they didn't really talk to you like they used to. You know, they're not texting you as much as they used to. They don't call you anymore. Come on, he's here to bear our burdens tonight. Hallelujah. Amen, this is not entirely the direction that I was planning on going. I, amen, I've got scripture tonight. Pastor said this morning, the spirit, the sword of the spirit is the tool of offense that we have. So I came tonight prepared with scripture to share with you tonight. Amen, to boost your faith. Amen, to show you. Amen, what your faith can do when you take what I believe, what I say I believe, and merge it with activity and action. What can happen? What happens in those cases? Well, let's go to Matthew chapter 9, verse 20. Going a little out of order, brother Josh. Matthew 9 and 20 says, And behold, a woman which was diseased with an issue of blood 12 years, came behind him and touched him, touched the hem of his garment. For she said within herself, if I may but touch his garment, I shall be whole. She said within herself, I believe if I could touch, then I shall be whole. Now this woman had faith, Brother Chad. She had faith. Let's read on verse number 22, but Jesus turned him about, and when he saw her, he said, Daughter, be of good comfort. Your faith hath made thee whole. And the woman was made whole from that hour. I don't want to take the time to read through the entire story, but many of us know the story where this woman with the issue of blood I mean, had seen multiple physicians, had spent all that she had, the Bible says. She'd done everything she could. But the day she made up in her mind that if I could touch the hem of his garment, I will be whole. This, to me, this lady was just a, a, a woman that got after it. She just she, she visited every doctor. She spent every dime she had. And then she was willing. And finally, she realized that all that wasn't going to work. These normal processes, these don't work. So what now? And then she heard the stories about Jesus and and some folks come by, hey, did you hear him, how he touched that blind man? Two blind men. Spit on the ground, spun up the dirt, and put it in their eyeballs. And then they saw people as trees, and then, then they saw people as normal, right? They're like, wow, that's cool. Maybe he could touch me. But maybe she forgot about it and heard about another story, amen, about another situation. Amen. Nearby, perhaps. The Bible says that, or if you study the, hey, if you go to Apostolic College, they'll teach you this, that Jesus never went outside of 30 miles 
uh, uh, in radius. So these people, all these miracles that had transpired were all like very close to each other. Many of these people knew, maybe, maybe they didn't know each other, but many of these people, it is possible that they had heard the stories by word of mouth. And so this lady, potentially, let's just bear with me for a moment, that she heard the story that Jesus could heal, and he heard, healed this situation, and healed this situation, and she's going to another doctor, and the doctor couldn't help her, so she goes home. Here's another story. Okay, Jesus, okay, cool, interesting. Moves on. She's getting low on the bank account. She finally realizes, you know what? I don't have any other choice. I don't have any other choice. To me, that doesn't seem like faith. If we were looking, if we were looking at the situation from just a just reading the story, not knowing the answer, the end of the story, but just reading the story from get go, and you don't know the end of the story, then you look at the situation. Well, she did all these other things first, and so that's not really faith. This was kind of a last resort thing, right? And many times I want to, and the reason I'm bringing that point up is because many times we will do the same things ourselves. That we'll be like, well, he wasn't the first thing that I thought of, so I'm not going to, that's not faith. So we'll disqualify our faith because of that. All right? Just bear with me for a moment. We are going somewhere here tonight. So then we know the end of the story, that this woman with the issue of blood, she pushes through the crowd, and the important point to make here is that she didn't just say in her mind, and in her heart, and confess with her mouth uh, that I believe if I touch the hem of his garment that he will make me whole, but that she then went and did something about it. She went to Jesus. I, if I got to touch the hem of his garment to be healed, then guess what? I've got to get within proximity of his garment so I can touch the hem. If I want that healing, I believe this is the, what's got to happen. And it happened. God honored her faith. That's what the Bible says, that Jesus turned him about, and when he saw her, he said, Daughter, be of good comfort, thy faith. God called it faith. Wow. It was faith after all. All right, let's go to another story. Mark chapter 2, verse 1. Going up in here, I suppose. And again... He entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noised abroad. It was noised that he was in the house. And again, word of mouth. Verse two. And straightway many were gathered together, insomuch that there was no room to receive them. Not no, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them, and they came unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born before. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, I mean, let me just stop here for a moment. Let's, let's talk about what being sick of the palsy is. I think everybody may know it, but let me just briefly give you a description. Physical palsy, the sickness of palsy in the scripture, I mean, it's written, in most cases, I didn't find a case where it wasn't, where it means it's physical weakness because of a portion of the nervous system that becomes disabled. And it produces weak limbs, and sometimes even an entire side of the body can be paralyzed. It could be a small, small portion of the body. It could be a large portion of the body. just loses all strength, loses all power. 
So this, this guy, this one that was sick of the palsy, had no strength on his own to do anything about it. Even if he had all the faith in the world, he couldn't do anything about it. He couldn't, he couldn't act on it. Hallelujah. I said he couldn't, he couldn't do anything about it. Amen. And, and if, if somebody in this place has faith, but there's just some hindering thing that's disabling you from acting on it. I, and, I'm, and in this case, it's a physical situation, but many times there are principles, there are Christian principles that will prevent us from doing things. So we're disabled from acting on faith. But if somebody else, by faith, can act on our behalf, that will still get the attention of Jesus. Amen. Acts, or Mark chapter 2, let's keep reading verse 4. When they could not come nigh unto him for the press, even these others who had faith for this man with the palsy, they started to encounter some conflict. They couldn't make it just in the original path, so they had to figure something else out. They uncovered the roof where Jesus was, where he was, and when they had broken it up, they let down the bed where the sick of the palsy lay. And notice what it says in this next scripture, verse number five. When Jesus saw their faith, not the faith of the man who was sick of a palsy, but when Jesus saw the four men who, who were originally going this way but decided we can't go that way, so what are we going to do? We've got to get our friend, amen, the answer that he needs. Oh, look, there's a roof. Thatch, let's rip it up. Drops him right through the roof. Amen. What were they doing? They were acting on their faith. They knew that if I could get this boy to Jesus... Everything's going to be all right. If I can get this boy in his presence, when Jesus speaks the word, it's all going to be good. But we can't let him speak over this situation until I get to his feet. Until I do the work, Brother Kaiser, until I spend the effort. I want to tell you that Jesus wanted to heal that young man. Jesus wanted, amen, to heal that man that was sick of the palsy. He wanted to heal the lady that had the issue of blood. And Jesus wants to heal individuals in this place tonight. Amen. He's got an answer for people in this house tonight. Hallelujah. I'm going to say that again. Jesus wants to perform miracles in this place tonight. Hallelujah. Amen. But it's on behalf, it's, it's based on faith. It's based on faith. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. For there are certain scribes sitting there, the reason within their hearts, why does this man thus speak? Possibly who can forgive sins, but God only looks like I cut that one short. So let me get to the scripture. I'm going to prove to you that these men's these men faith, these men's faith got the result they were looking for. Mark chapter 2, sorry, 
through slave. Verse 7 says, Why does this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, Why reason ye these things in your hearts? Whether is it easier to say to the sick of the palsy, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise and take up thy bed and walk? Is it easier for me to just say, You're forgiven? And we can't really reconcile that. If he's said it, okay. How can I tell? We're just going to have to believe it. But he said, I'm doing it in this order so you'll know that I've got the power to do what I'm doing. I'm saying your sins are forgiven you. But what's easier? Say your sins are forgiven you or say arise and take up thy bed and walk. And he said, and then when he made that statement, that says forgiven you or, or to say arise and take up thy bed and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man, verse 10, hath power on earth to forgive sins, he saith to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, arise, take up thy bed, and go thy way into thine house. He did it. Amen. Not because the sick of the palsy spent the night in prayer. Not because the sick of the palsy, amen, because the boy couldn't do it. He did not have the ability to, to exercise his faith. But he had a few friends that were willing to say, I believe it, brother. I know that, you're a, that God's able to meet your need. Amen. I want to tell somebody tonight that, it, that I believe that God can meet every need in this place tonight. If you have a situation and you don't quite have enough faith, I want you to be willing, amen, to come down to these altars. Amen. Allow pastor and her brother Goff, amen, and anybody else he permits to do so, pastor permits to do so, to lay their hands on you and allow God to heal you. Hallelujah. Amen. When I get home, I'm going to be sitting in my chair and being like, what in the world did I preach tonight? <laughs> it, it, this is not comfortable, okay? I'm way outside of my comfort zone. <laughs> I'm not thinking that this is any. I'm just doing what I felt like the Lord put on my heart, okay? And I feel like that if somebody can latch on I mean, through faith, that God would do a work in this place tonight. Hallelujah. I believe that with, the, with every fiber of my being. Amen. There was one more story I want to bring to your attention tonight. That's Matthew chapter 8, verses 5 through 10. It says, When Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him, and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus saith unto him, I'll come and heal him. I'll come there. I'll come to your house, and I'll meet the need. But notice how much faith this man had. Now, we just gone through two other examples where they had faith. The lady with the issue of blood, she had faith, Brother Jaheim. That's what caused her to get out of her house with her weakness and plow through that crowd and get to Jesus' feet. That was faith. And then in this other instance that we talked about, these four men who had the faith to carry their friend onto a roof, tear it up and drop him down. It's faith. I mean, we look crazy otherwise. Why are we tearing this roof up? That's faith. 
Amen. But in this case, it was a little bit different story because Jesus said, I'm going to come to you. I'll come to your house. I'll, I'll come to where you're at my feet, but I, I'm there. I'm going to cross the divide. Because Jesus already had seen what we're about to see. Verse number 7, Jesus said, I will come and I will heal him. Then the centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy. Not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof. But speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. That's why, Pastor, I came tonight to preach with the word tonight because it isn't Jared's word, amen, that's going to do the work. But if Jesus would speak the word only, if Jesus would only speak to a situation in this place, uh, speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. Again, it was another situation where this man had faith uh, for another person. I don't even know if this person had faith. I don't even know if they knew Jesus existed. But this man sure had faith. And he said, Jesus, I'm not even worthy. This reminds me, Pastor, of the prodigal son when he came back to his father and said, I'm not worthy to be called your son. I'm not even worthy to be here. Don't even count me among the flock. But just know that I believe in what's going on right now. I believe that kind of attitude and that kind of spirit will get God's attention. Jesus just speaks a word. Oh, God, somebody ought to listen to the word of the Lord tonight. There's something going on in the spirit. I don't know. I don't know how bad the situation is, and it could be bad. This centurion servant was laying on his deathbed. He said, all you got to do, I don't even need you to show up. I don't even need you there. I just need you to speak a word. Child of God, if you're, if you're even on your deathbed or you know somebody, amen, that's on their death, I'm here to declare by faith. Amen, we were declaring in worship earlier that we declare his glory. We declare his power. We declare his healing. We declare victory in this place. And I want to declare by faith that no matter what the situation, I mean, if we could all stand tonight, I feel the Holy Ghost trying to shut things down. I mean, I wonder if there's a need in this house. I wonder, amen, if you've got a need, I'm going to ask you to do something. Amen, not particularly normal. We'll have the musicians come. Amen, begin to play. Hallelujah. Amen. But if you have a need tonight, Pastor, if you wouldn't mind, could you come down in the front of the pulpit? Is that okay, Pastor? Okay. And then, and maybe if he needs the help of anybody else, I want to do just an old-fashioned prayer line. I want to ask you if you've got a need. And if you have a situation in your life, amen, thank you, Brother Weems, for acting on faith tonight. Amen. I believe that God is going to meet some needs in this place. But church, I want you to listen to me. It's not enough for him to just come up here by himself and dad to just come up here by himself. Anybody else? I'm asking for the saints of the Most High to allow the manifestation of the Spirit to bear some burdens in this place tonight. And if you have a need that perhaps you don't feel like you need to come down, but you have a need that 
you know that you've been praying about. In that same moment when you're praying for Brother Weems or praying for Dad or praying for this brother, I'm telling you that God can meet your need. I'm talking by faith tonight. I'm talking about faith. Come on, let's pray, church. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus.